the show. Great to be with you guys today. Thanks for listening in. Podcast or on radio or on Facebook. All George in studio with Deacon. Out cock. Hey, hey. And producer Chad. Hey. PC. PC. Paul, you might be the only one without a prefix now. We got Deacon Adam, producer Chad, and Paul. Who are you, Paul? Just PG. PG Paul? Mm -hmm. PG. Okay. Or GPG. GPG. <laughs> yep. But we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at the, the GPG. Okay. So so last week we didn't record because of the July. So it's good to be back with you guys to see you. We we actually walked into the studio building. It's mandatory to wear a face mask, mm. which is so weird because, yes. you know, we were in a time. I'm not going to make fun of the pandemic and all because I, I know it's it's one of those things. But um, it's, it's July in Louisiana. People are walking around with masks and you can't... Uh, I, I mean, know. you're like suffocating. I know you don't have a beard, Paul, but my beard sweats wearing a mask outside. I don't know about you, Adam. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like dripping wet, and I can flick the water off. And oh, uh, I haven't gotten that far. No. Oh man, you may need to look at a different. Mask. I mean, <laughs> you know, so. I'm here. Here's the deal. Look, and this thing's been going on for a long time, Adam. You and I started doing a morning show in March. We did it for eight weeks straight. It was like ages ago. Yeah. Every day because, oh, the pandemic, and then it kept going, and then we thought it went away, and now it's back. And look, I don't even know. Look, I'm not getting into it. I know. All I'm saying is this. We need some serious intercession mm -hmm. from some of the most powerful saints to, like, end this thing because it's just it's just too much. It's brutal. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. There, I mean, I, th I saw a meme talking about how we watched, you know, the Tiger King at the beginning of this pandemic, that feels like forever ago. Forever. It does. Yeah. But in all seriousness, like just the ability to get back to life, get the economy back, get people back to work, you know, people's, you know, mental health, physical health, like, you know, you know, our country, you know, just everything. Like, I think more than ever, like just intercession, like we need to be interceding because this is something that's out of our control. So, you know, I don't know what to do to solve this, not only pandemic, but just the 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 crisis in our country the the tension it's it's way beyond our ability at least us as normal folk to solve this and it's time to lean in hard like mm. to to serious prayer and intercession and here's one of the things that uh you know Gretchen and I do sometimes when we're discerning something that just feels like it just feels like there's there's no way out like you ever been in that place like you're discerning and you're just trying to pray and figure out what to do and what's next. And it just kind of almost feels hopeless. Like there's, it's just dark. There's no options. And what we'll do during those times in desperation, really, it's kind of like the Hail Mary, you know, you're just mm. a desperate heave is we'll come up with a list of, um, an intercessory team of saints <laughs> to, pr to pray f with us and for us. And, and we'll, we'll pray about that list. You know, like who's on that list right now? So like right now, like on our list is like, you know, we got uh, St. Paul, the tent maker. We got uh, St. Joan of Arc, you know, mm. uh, we got um, Our Lady of Fatima, you know. And so we have this just cool list and you're like, man, like think about the spiritual army that we got. Mm. Right. You got to win. And the list can go on and on because we're going to talk about a cool saint today. Who, who we'll get to uh, in a little bit. So, uh, but as we get going with the show, as always, producer Chad has a "Have you seen?" What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. 
Mm, I think that's funny every time I hear it. <laughs> every time. <laughs> it's a little giggle inside. Well, every time I'm I, supposed to. I think, let's get a, like a new, you know, a new thing. I can't. Gosh, it starts out with, what did you say? Well, um, <laughs> there's a story behind that little guy. <laughs> I don't know if now there's time to tell the story. Is, is it is it radio worthy? So, I don't know. We started this show three years ago. At least, yeah. Four years ago, maybe? Something. I don't know. And we were kind of thinking of the little ditties like that. And uh, anyway, long story short, that's all me. All those. <laughs> that is your voice? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> that's beautiful. It's been so it. long that I don't remember doing that. But now, I, now that yeah, you I had to use it, effects and like I used an accent. It's you say that is so interesting. Oh, for real though? That that's last all one's me. Too. Yeah, I used an effect. <laughs> I made it deeper. <laughs> but the story behind oh. that is Paul wanted that phrase. Like, I don't know if you remember this, Paul, mm -hmm. but I want to hear, are you for real though? Because he was going to come back and say, oh, I'm for real. And say the thing. Do you remember this? Yeah, now, now okay. I remember. Now well, I remember. All right, well, that's how I'll start from now on. Okay. All right, um, well, let's, well, let's try it again. Okay. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Okay, for real. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Adam, for bringing us to the genesis of all this. We're back. All right, so I saw in the news recently that at Walmart, to sort of uh, get people watching movies again, they're going to open up Walmart parking lots around the country and do drive-in theaters. Really? I thought that was really cool. Man, I couldn't think of a worse place. <laughs> People do a lot of weird things in Walmart parking lots. <laughs> Watch a movie. So how did you die? I was in Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Watching Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, I literally just couldn't. How'd you slip, I mean, this, and fall? This may be <laughs> brilliant. This may be a brilliant idea. But, like, right off the bat, I could see one little red flag. Is that these, <laughs> these tend to be in... In areas of like interstate traffic, yeah, you know, for a good reason. Ooh, but there's interstate hotspots tend to attract all kind of clientele, and oh, you know, man. and now they they know that there's going to be parked cars of people just hanging out in their cars. Did, I don't know. It could get could get dangerous. Did, did we're driving? I don't know how old you guys are. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I don't know how old driving theaters are. Were those like? popular when you when you were young <laughs> well look i saw this <laughs> <Pretty> much, <laughs> they didn't exist when i was uh, i saw i saw this meme that said i'm so desperate that i followed the clown who said follow me into the woods this oh. is like watching you know a movie in the walmart parking lot feels like yeah. you know it's like no don't do it <laughs> following. i'm not I'm not doing it <laughs> it might not work out yeah yeah but maybe know. it will yeah. So God anyway, yeah. So pray for the intercession of good <laughs> discernment with that. And here's who I'm going to add to that intercessory list. Okay. So tomorrow, which is uh, would be July 11th, we're recording yep. the show on the 10th. So if you listen to the podcast, you kind of know where we're at. July 11th is the feast of Saint Benedict. The Saint Benedict. The Saint man. Benedict. Like like big Benedict. Like the Benedict. <laughs> Guys. The I don't know. Would you say he's on like a rock star Hall of Fame of saints? Well, funny you say that. So Saint Bonaventure, who was around the 1200s, died in 1224. He had this little theory that like what he called meta history, or, or people that comment call it meta history, where like history kind of reveals God. God uses history to reveal things, and so he mm -hmm. said, "Let's look at the Old Testament and how everything happened." 
Now let's look at church history and how everything's happened. And he made connections with people like, oh, that person's like this in, the, in church history. He called Benedict the new Moses. Mm. So that's pretty strong. Wow, what a statement. <clears throat> yeah. What a statement. That Benedict is the Moses of the New Testament. Wow. Well, I mean, think about this. Like, Gosh. just if you're talking about history and the historical timeline, I mean, Benedict was around in the you know 480s to 547. Okay, that's mm. a long, long time ago. Yeah, we still have Benedictine monks and religious order today. Wow, <laughs> like that's, yeah, you know, over over 1500 years later, this cat is still around in like in living Christianity. Like, mm-hmm. like not just in memory, but like in living Christianity. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. That is crazy. I think sometimes this is going to sound morbid a little bit, but I, you know, I kind of like to go pray in cemeteries and things like that and pray for people. And sometimes I think I'm like, man, you know, there's people in here that nobody even know existed before. So like have something that la- outlasts you like 1500 years and people still know who you are. That's insane. Yeah, we're not even talking about like a monument or a statue. We're actually talking about human beings who, you know, Benedictine life. Like that that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the Benedictine. And only in the church. I mean, think about it. All the powerful men and women that have come and gone that we can point to as the founder of this or the father of that. But they don't have like living followers living the way they lived today. Like nobody lives like Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. It's weird. I mean, if you think about all the, um, you know, Catholic medals, you know, little medals that uh, we have or get blessed, the Benedictine medal is one of the top. You know, mm-hmm. people know about the, you know, the Benedictine medal oh, yeah. or whatever. You know, we have the Marian medals or, you know, but the Benedictine medal is like one that, that gets blessed and we have that if we believe, you know, his intercession, which we talked about earlier, has a certain oomph to it. Yeah, there's a special blessing. In fact, that was one of the first things I blessed as a deacon because somebody brought it to me to bless. And I said, I don't know if deacons can do this. So I looked it up. But yeah, deacons can do Benedictine medal blessings. That's good news. But there's a special Benedictine blessing for defense against evil and evil. Um, And so those medals have a special grace attached to them to fight off the attacks of the devil. Wow. Yeah. So we have a bunch of Benedictine medals inside the house. Yeah. So we have them over every door. You know, Gretchen has put them over every door, little medals, just that spiritual protection. Mm-hmm. You know, here was a guy who was born into a wealthy family and then went, studied in Rome, and then left it all, not his faith, but and went into monasticism, just like living in solitude and in prayer, um, just called into that deep contemplative, you know, life and that. That, that life of, of rhythm and prayer in the church and, you know, started the Benedictine order. Well, and the reason Bonaventure compares him to Moses is that he wrote down what became, you know, the Benedictine rule became the manual for all monasteries in the church, uh, in the West at least. And so, like, how do we actually live the Christian life to its perfection? Benedict was literally the guy who wrote the book on that. Mm. And everybody follows him. All the orders follow his example. Just like Moses gave us the Ten Commandments and the law for God's Mm. people in that way, Benedict gave us the Benedictine rule. And this is a guy writing almost a thousand years after Benedict. So his impact was at least a thousand years strong enough to say this law, this rule was so important that it shapes every aspect of our life. (laughs) Wow. 
It's crazy. So he began as an actual hermit, not starting a religious or it says this. And if we can't relate to this today, it's kind of weird. Um, so I'm reading about his life. It says, um, uh, at first, Benedict became a hermit, leaving a depressing world. Hello. Uh, pagan army, the church torn by schism and people suffering from war and morality was really low. And so he just went in hiding to pray for three years and then came out of, you know, hiding, started, you know, and then people started following his, his way of life. Some people found that he was too strict, but lo and behold, like the, the Benedictine way of life just sort of began naturally when he moved out of, you know, the hermitage into sort of living the Christian life in the world. He began that. And to me, what's powerful about this is we assume all of the evils we face today are like unprecedented. And I, I don't like Catholic sensationalists that want to make us feel like nothing we're living through has ever happened. Because yeah. that can get you very discouraged. The reality is the church has been through some stuff, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, this was right after it became the, the official religion of the empire. It's not like everything was great. And you had issues. You had... And then when the barbarians start invading and every, your whole world is falling apart around you, I mean, the church went through some stuff. And St. Benedict is a great example, I think, of how do you respond to the stuff? And he, his response was a radical living of the gospel and whatever Jesus was asking him to do, which was a pretty uh, radical in his case. And that's what inspired people to follow him. It's not because he had a new way. It's because he was following the way yep. the in a very God. radical way. And that is inspiring to people. Yeah. Um, he can connect them to Jesus through a way of life when the world couldn't offer that. Even their church couldn't offer that. Their church parish, their bishop couldn't offer them a connection to Jesus the way St. Benedict could. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It's the Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, producer Chad in studio. We got our face mask off because we can when we get into the studio because you can't really talk. We've been around each other. Which is interesting because some cities' face masks are mandatory. And so uh, I had a meeting the other day in another city called Baton Rouge, and um, they're they're mandatory in places, you know. So, But it was a, a coffee meeting. I'm like, well, how do you – how do you drink coffee with your face mask on? So, but you go into the place, you buy your stuff, and then when you sit down, you can take it off. Makes zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at the well, they end should of the make day, a they can make a straw hole in the mask. You know, one That's of the things like that would defeat the purpose. You know, one of the things that you learn, really, honestly, you don't think about as a as a as a Christian as a Catholic is that you learn the art of obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, you you learn the art of of following even when there's times where you're like, I don't, I don't want to do that or I don't need to do that or whatever, yeah. you know, being obedient to, to the faith, to the church. 
So anyway, you know, it's like, I don't want to wear this mask, but I will because they asked, right? Like, and, you know, part of it is just like, you just do what's right, even though you, you know. Didn't St. Paul talk about that? Don't, don't let them have anything against you. You know, follow the law to the letter or to the T. So they have nothing to, to throw against you. Right. Other than your faith. Right. Exactly. So. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of TikTok, you got any interesting things? That, yeah, that, well, it looks like uh, it looks like there's been other countries, I believe Australia, that has banned TikTok. Like, you know what TikTok is, right? You're yeah, aware? it's, it's yeah, a yeah. video app thing. A video you know? app where it's a lot of kids on it, um, basically because it's made in China. Yes, it's made Chinese. in China. What you know, China is what is it a socialist country or it's communist? And communist. communist. Through and and through. so they so they own every business, and so they, which means they can store the data that TikTok has, and so they, they've been storing TikTok's data, which is all of these videos, including and like your it. GPS location. So they have they have because TikTok has location services, they can track your GPS data and store all of that data as well. Um, yeah, your purchases, all kind of things like that, all the videos you're posting. Yeah, and and. A lot of young kids were being targeted by older men, creepy older oh. men, and um, so the U.S. is looking at banning it as well. Yeah, the, the kids aren't very happy, but they said, "Wow, we have to find real jobs now." All these influencers. Yes, <laughs> no, they'll come up with something else. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, this is one for of the sure. you know the reasons why you know we need more intercession and prayer, you know, protection over our kids. You know, why do we have mm-hmm. the Benedictine medal? You know, is it you know we believe in like this you know magic no like we 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 believe that 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 god protects us that we can have the intercession of the saints you know and you know a rock star saint like like benedict who who lived the christian life who gave everything to following christ and who now is in heaven and we can ask specifically for his intercession for protection over us right and for spiritual warfare you know you know, if you step back and see everything that's going on in the world, um, you realize that there is a spiritual battle happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Um, and I know a lot of times we don't want to think about it or talk about it because you're like, oh, well, I believe in God but not the devil. But it's like you can't believe in one and not the other. And just to see, you know, Chad, you're in youth ministry. Adam, you work at a parish. Even how difficult it is to just do ministry work right now just with – the pandemic and everything and just realizing like how many folks might not hear the gospel right now and how the enemy is able to just kind of use everything that's going on for his benefit. Mm. It It's crazy, you know? That's why we need the intercession. And, and if you're listening, I want you to just begin to think about an intercessory powerhouse team that you can begin to ask for intercession in your life and the things that, that – uh, you need protection over and whatnot. Because uh, it's interesting, this Sunday, uh, his gospel reading, I think ties in perfectly with St. Benedict, you know, and his, you know, spiritual butt-kicking uh, <laughs> that he did. Um, so it says this, and it, it's a long reading, but this is the, the part that I wanted to get to. It says, on that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him, and he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd st- stood along the shore, and he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, uh, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path. Now, we've, you know, we've heard this gospel reading before. Some seed fell on the path. 
The birds came and ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil and sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, right? And then it withered and lack of roots. Then some seed fell on thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it. But then some seeds fell on rich soil and produced fruit, 160, 30-fold, whoever has ears ought to hear. I mean, like, that reading right there says a lot, a ton, about the Christian life, or lack thereof. (laughs) There is a lot there, and I think even just that phrase, whoever has ears ought to hear, just gives me pause, because obviously he's not talking about physical ears. Like, we all have those. Mm. Um, So it... This idea that it's possible to hear the word of God without really hearing it frightens me. Hmm. You know, for me personally, but for the world, but like for me personally. Um, I remember, uh, you know, like, you know, learning to give talks and giving talks and um, the intention span, you know, was for young people was like really short. And I remember hearing this guy say this and I was like, oh, that that makes sense. I'm going to maybe try to use that. And, uh, so there's a point in my talk, you know, it's like, okay, if you guys hear one thing out of this talk, listen to this, right? Mm-hmm. And and that was the most important thing that you could say for that talk. And and then you said it. And then they probably checked out after that, right? Whoever was listening. It's, it's like, this is what Jesus says. Like, if you have ears, listen to this, this right here, like tune in. Because, they're, you know, they're on the banks. They're probably lounging around, shooting bottle rockets at people, <laughs> you know, like Chad does. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. And he says, if you're going to hear something, hear this, right? And it's interesting because he says a seed, a seed uh, you know, the a sower went out to sow. Um, you know, who's the sower? Mm. Well, you know, God, right? Maybe he's the sower. Jesus is the sower, right? Throwing, throwing out the seed. Yeah, when he says the angels, too, or like, you know, yeah. God ministers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God ministers. The seed is the word of God, right? The seed like, is the word of God. So the word the word is interesting because a word is something you receive. It's also something you hear. But mm-hmm. also like in, hear in John, word. the word is, he is the word, mm-hmm. right? Um, I am the word, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the word came flesh, you know? So the seed, this word, Jesus, is is falling to the ground to be planted and grown, to, to grow in our life, to grow in our world and our culture. And it's interesting, it says, some fell on the, on the path and birds just came and ate it, you know? Just, you came know, it bounced it, off of us. It, it didn't even have time to like, like really sink into the soil. This is really most of humanity, which is sad, but it's the truth. I mean, original sin did something to us. And the tragedy that it did was not so much that we changed, but we left God's presence. Like, we left the garden where God is. Mm -hmm. We left this relationship with God, and it hardened us. The effect of original sin is that we're hard, and we're distorted. And uh, we live in an environment where it's easy for the devil to come and eat up the word as soon as it's preached. Like, this is humanity. And um, it's a sad situation, but like this is the truth. The word of God comes to us, but the devil is real. We're talking about St. Benedict earlier. Like the enemy is real, and he's waiting for the word to be preached so he can snatch it up before it's understood and lived out. Don't you feel like that a lot right now in our culture? It's like before you even talk to someone or discuss or say your opinion or speak the truth of the gospel, it just bounces right off because they're like, I don't even care. I don't even want to hear it. You know, um, 
they call it this cancel culture is just this this idea that like you know i'm not open to anything other mm-hmm. than you know what i'm open to yeah yeah, yeah. And and this is the gospel. It's like it, it just it just bounces off, and birds just pick it up and, and eat it and go, and the person never even receives receives it. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I think for me in my life, like the the time where I felt like seed really hit soil and and sunk in, or continues, is when I'm at my weakest moments or my my most vulnerable, broken moments, and I'm open. I'm open to God's grace and the seed falling and planting instead of me saying, I have, I know, I know the answer. I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I have it all together. Yeah. I've been kind of thinking about this idea that it seems from what I've started to notice with people is that people don't really want to believe anything unless it like sort of aligns with their experience, which is, which is true for us too. Like even in their, like our desperate moments or in a desperation where like, man, everything I've tried has not been working and my life sucks. So maybe I need to like consider other things that make more sense, right? And God steps in and that's almost like shallow, right? It's almost like the rocky ground where where when suffering comes along, like the sun, it burns up and goes away, even though it grew kind of fast, right? But we know that like those, our experience isn't always right. I mean, like there's like vengeance and revenge feels so good whenever we have like an enemy that, that targets us and makes us mad. Like we want to just get revenge right away. And that's nice when we have like a good comeback. But we know like over time that really leaves us anxious and unsettled and and not living a really joyful life. And so um, allowing like, yeah, I don't know, allowing that the gospel, even in those good moments, even when our lives are going really well, to sort of penetrate and sit deeper and dwell on those things and really like discern and consider the things we choose to believe, you know. Well, pr- sense? pride is what hardens that ground. And, yeah. and you're right, like if we open ourselves up to anything will be a healthier soil because a soil soil left to itself like i've got everything i need i don't need water i don't need animals in me like i don't mm-hmm. need anything yeah. other than me turns hard and unfertile and this is what happens in our heart when we have pride because we don't need anything else and nothing's going to penetrate us yeah because we have it all together so we think yeah so as, as and he sowed, and some seed fell on a path, and the birds came in it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground. We had little soil. It sprang up at once uh, because, because the soil was not deep, but when the sun rose, it, it scorched it. You know, even for St. Benedict, said people w- joined him and found it was too hard and then left, mm. you know. And here's the thing that 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 St. Benedict, you know, his rhythm of life was the rhythm of the church, you know, liturgical prayer. It was you know, the rhythm of prayer every day. It was uniting his walk with Christ and, and not disjoining it from the church. You know, it was, it was in rhythm with the life of the church. And that that's difficult, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, being a Christian, following Christ, being Catholic is not an easy way because we're, we're, not, we're not called to just, you know, sit on, like, soil and then be dried up by like the enemy like to to be you know like that's not what we're called to do but to get into that deep soil takes a lot of tilling a lot of work a lot of grace a lot of following too much for us to do on our own yeah well it's hard to get past the rocky soil because the rocky soil is soil and rock together and a lot of us treat christianity as a, a life like the world 
plus Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like sprinkle some of that Jesus on top of a worldly life. Mm. And there's going to be a little bit of growth there, right? Like if we, if we go to mass on Sundays or maybe not, and we're open to spiritual things, like there's going to be a little bit of something that happens, but nothing deep enough to actually save us. And a lot of us are there in our Christian walk. We're, we're rocky soil. And we get really excited about some spiritual things for a little while. And then mm -hmm. we give it up real quick because there's literally no depth. Why? Because we're trying to be the world in the church. And you just can't. And any challenge, any suffering that comes by threatens that threatens the fertility of your soil. Yeah. Yeah. And so some seed fell and, and it grew and then it was it was choked by the thorns. And I you know, I'm encountering so many people. And look, I find there's times where I'm like, Man, I, I need a deep breath. Like the world is choking me out, you know? And it, it's it's got a stronghold on me, the stresses mm -hmm. of the world and um, just the anxiety. I mean, you look on the internet and it's just, it's a massive chaos, right? And you almost feel like, like, I mean, I can't breathe, you know? And, and this is the world like this, the world chokes you because, you know, we're not, as you were saying, Adam, like we're not created for this world, you know, we're created for the next. And in this world, we're not creative to be totally, just totally of the world. Like that, the, there has to be there's a difference in the Christian life that that um, that removes us from those thorns, so that we can we can breathe and and uh, and move the way God wants us to. Yeah, Pope Francis calls these uh, sourpuss Christians. Does <laughs> he really? I am so Christian that I am serious and intense all the time. Mm. <laughs> right, like I am doing the mortifications all the time. I'm doing all the things all the time. Um, hmm. the, the cares and anxiety of this life, as our Lord says, choke the life that God had given. And none of us are given our Christian life to be sourpuss Christians. Like we're, we're, we're given for a joyfulness. Not to say we're not going to suffer at all, but like good saints, good Christians are joyful about their suffering. They're joyful about um, their Christian life, even if it's hard and difficult. And, uh, you know, for a lot of us, we're frustrated with our Christianity. We're frustrated with our prayer life. It's not going anywhere, we feel like. We're frustrated with, um, you know, all the things we see is not enough in our life. And so we could either be very scrupulous about it or it's just, it's just not enough. We're not doing enough. And what happens is we choke. That chokes what God is actually doing in our life. Mm -hmm. We're stopping it. It's there. The, the seed is there. The word is active. But we're choking its fruit with our anxieties and our worries. Mm, I think about, so not to bring it to a whole different saint, but I was kind of reflecting on this last week with St. Thomas on Friday and this, this very idea that like he, you know, walked with Christ for three years, walked with Christ and experienced the suffering of losing Jesus in a, and his own betrayal and all of these things. And when he comes back to the room, you know, it says like, I will not believe unless I am able to put my hands in the wounds of Christ and these things. And so, and then Jesus is there and invites him to do that, like invites him into his own like suffering and wounds. And that's the thing that, that opens Thomas's eyes and allows him to see, you know, like in the same way, when we, when we make the sufferings all about ourselves and our own, you know, like what you're talking about, like a sourpuss Christian idea, right? Instead of seeing like what God has given us, like this great gift that God has given us to suffer well and to suffer with meaning and purpose and joy. 
You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like we, we don't have to look at our suffering that way. No, I love that because the self-centered view of suffering kills the grace that God wants to give us and others. Yeah. You know, I always like looking at is like what is um, a saint, the patron saint of. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people say like some there's some weird Catholic stuff, it's just there is. It's hysterical. Uh, so St. Benedict is the patron saint of, ready, Europe, which needs a lot of intercession, by the way. <laughs> um, kidney disease. So if you have a kidney disease, which, you know, that's a we good thing. We know some, know some yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not anymore. It's got a whole mm, third kidney. Shocker here. Uh, monks. Yeah. Um, patron saint of monks. But he's also, get this, this is good. Uh, he's the patron saint of poisoning. Wow. Mm-hmm. You ever been poisoned? So I don't know. Like, is he a patron saint of if you want to poison? <laughs> or? He survived poisoning miraculously. Oh, do you really? Mm-hmm. Do you know the story behind it? or Not in detail, but the basic gist is someone wanted to kill him. <laughs> they poisoned his drink, and it didn't work. He needed a taste oh, tester. Oh, okay. I've heard this. Mm-hmm. He I've needed a cupbearer, you know, someone oh, to taste his food before he drank it. You know, oh. so kings back then had cupbearers, which would... Oh. Uh, taste the food before the king ate it and if it was poison they would die that's, gotcha. a, that's a brave so job sacrifice somebody else yeah <laughs> nehemiah in the old testament was a cupbearer to the king so you know that was his job is that but, a noble i mean i don't know I, I don't know if you would know that but that sounds like a not noble job that's not i don't know when, you, when you're looking at the room full of people and you're picking who would be a good fit for that it's probably not the best and brightest <laughs> <laughs> you just have to have a good you just have to have a good palate who in this room has a good palate? <laughs> I don't know, man. We can't sacrifice Chad, but Paul. Mm. <laughs> yeah. This is a good job for Paul. Yeah. I, I need a job right oh, now. So, like, I will taste anything at this point. So, so poisoning, so you guys can intercede for that. And, uh, <laughs> and then he's actually the patron saint of school children. Um, there are a lot of Benedictine schools and colleges. So mm-hmm. uh, with that... Definitely, I know a lot of people are stressed about what's going to happen with school, right, for mm-hmm. this fall, and <clears throat> praying for the intercession, St. Benedict, for school and just, you know, for God to move and, and, and just, you know, floodgates to open up. All right, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam Kong, producer Chad. Uh, if you want to hear why we're laughing, go back and find the Facebook feed on this. But um, yeah, that was really good. But mm-hmm. So we're praying for the intercessor, St. Benedict. And um, yeah, so uh, poisoning. Uh, so anyway, it's good. But, uh, you know, here, here's what's great. It ends with this. And he says, but some seed fell on rich soil. So, you know, like the reading doesn't end in like this this woe, like this, there's, there's no hope. So some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. 
or 60 or 30 fold and whoever has ears ought to hear right so so that's the whole point is that seed does fall on fertile soil and and it grows um so here's a question i have for you guys in, in, in the christian life and the life that god's calling us to is that um there, there's there's two waves of fertile soil one it's it's picking the fertile soil and cleaning it out to plant okay so you know if if you were to plant something or you were to you know build they, they do soil testing this is a good soil to plant you know and then you clear it out and you get it ready to plant and then after you plant you have to go back in and and weed and, and pull out the weeds so that the crops can grow or the flowers or whatever the case may be what would you guys say is like a good way to 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 prune and and to pluck out those weeds and spiritually speaking mm-hmm. in the soil so that we can grow mm. Get married. <laughs> that's a good point. Find a good way to find your weeds then. I, I mean, yeah. I think that's a great point. I think, you know, you bring it bring it right to the forefront is your vocation, uh, your sacramental vocation, marriage or, you know, the priesthood, religious life, diaconate, um, is um, mainly for you to grow in holiness and to be mm-hmm. God's vessel of you know, of a fertile soil and a, and a plant that's, that's blossoming to the world. Well, to me, I, I think to answer your question in that regard is it's important to know what he means by fruit. Cause I mean, if you're going to be a successful gardener, you're either growing flowers so that it looks really nice or you're growing fruits so that people could eat, you mm-hmm. know? And so if you're growing fruit, it doesn't necessarily need to look nice, but it needs to work. Like, we need fruit, right? It needs to mm. taste good. And this is Matthew 13, where Matthew 9, 10, and 11, Jesus is talking about laborers in the harvest. Mm. So this is only three chapters later, but what he means by fruit is more Christians. Mm. More souls that belong to the church. And the reason why I say that's important when we're talking about weeding is that you and I could spend a lot of time becoming as perfect people as we can, a lot of energy growing in this virtue or that virtue. But the thing we need to be weeding out is what's blocking us from making more Christians. Mm-hmm. Like that's the weeds that matter here. And there are certain things that we can nitpick about ourselves to say, oh, I could do better at this. I could do better at that. I could pray better. I can, you know, and these are important things to do better. But there's something in the way of us bearing fruit right now that is most important. Mm-hmm. There's this thing that I'm not doing that Jesus wants me to do, or I'm not doing well enough that is not handing on the fruit of more Christians. And so like in vocations, there it is. What, is, what am I doing that's keeping my wife from becoming a saint mm. and my kids? It's not necessarily I could communicate better, I could do these things better. I mean, all those things are part of that package. But the reality is there's something about me that's keeping her from being a saint, at least my role in her sanctity, or my kids, my role in their holiness. I mean, they have free will too, right? But like that's the thing that needs to be ripped apart. Mm. Um, it's not about me becoming a perfect saint. It's about me pouring out my life to them so that they could be saints. Yeah, and, and we're always going to have weeds grow up, and and the the need to to till the soil and to weed out. You know, um, I think the world's experienced a lot of Christians who are just being choked out by the thorns, and so they look at Christians and 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 they say, well, that that's not the life for me. But the 
the church calls us to a life of pruning. Jesus talks about pruning the mm-hmm. vine and the branches, you know, the, the fertile soil, the growing. And it's not that we're so hyper-focused on our weeding, but it's like, let me weed out the things in my life so I can grow and be fruitful. And therefore, people can look at my life, although imperfect, or look at my marriage, although imperfect, and say, that's a life that I want to live, right? I want to imitate that life. This was what Benedict did. He didn't try to start a religious order. He lived the life, and people said, I want to live that life. That's the life I want to live. Uh, Because he has peace and a joy about him that even in the midst of turmoil, even in the 500s, where you saw that the world was completely chaotic, no different than it is today, they wanted to live that life. And I think you're right. Because what they see is that there's no block between God's will for this person and their actual life. Mm -hmm. They saw that in Benedict. What God wants him to be doing, he's doing. People will root in our life when people meet us they get this sense that what God wants them to do is exactly what they're doing. One of the ways we know that is the fruit it bears. You know, like if, if you met a father and his kids were all crazy pagans, right? But like, he's a, he's a Catholic. He could be a great guy, but you'd be saying, what's going on here? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tell me about this. Like, why, why are we not bearing the fruit? And there may be really good reasons. That person might be way holier than I am. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is like, when we don't see the fruit match the tree, we wonder maybe there's something going on where God's will is not being accomplished and nobody's going to follow someone who's not doing God's will. And so I think for a lot of us, the fertile soil, if we don't see the fruit around our life, like people coming to know Jesus because of us, um, there's something in the way, there's something blocking it. And we can be focused on that. Question our soil, how healthy our soil is, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, yeah. Keeping the soil healthy looks a lot like prayer and, and mass and letting Jesus do that. Well, and you know, that's why Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I don't abandon you in this Christian life. Like I'm, I'm with you in many different ways and facets. You know, I, you have access to me, to my Holy Spirit. Uh, you have access to my church. I'm leaving to you the sacraments, prayer, the Eucharist, you know, like, so when, when Jesus says like, you know, he he tills the soil for us, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. he does the weeding for us. If if we give him access and we enter into the life with him, we have all the tools necessary to continue the weeding process of the fertile soil so that we can just be fully who God's calling us to be. If you took a shovel full of really fertile soil, like if we went out to the field right now and just took a big shovel full and then put it on the table right here, we would see all kind of moving things on that table. Worms, crickets, ants, like whatever. Because fertile soil is a live soil. Mm. Things are living in it. But okay. you don't see it because yep. it's under, right? Mm-hmm. This is the interior life. If we're fully alive interiorly, our mind, our will, our heart, our emotions, if there's a life that is fertile there, God's word will grow and bear fruit. And so there's definitely a weeding there's also a living, like to invite this life within us. If our mind is full of junk, if our heart is full of junk, if our will is focused on junk, if our emotions are a mess, God can still move. His grace can be there, but it's not the fertile soil that it could be that bears 60, 100,000 fold, you know? Mm. The interior life is that life under the soil that no one's going to see fruit in. And that's why the prayer you're talking about, this, this active prayer in interior life, is what Jesus is talking about, about that fertile soil. 
Yeah, so as you're putting together your powerhouse saint team, pray, you know, like that they would intercede for the things in your life, my life, you know, obviously you're listening, that need to be weeded out so that you could be fully who you are. All right, so we're going to get to the famous six-pack of questions. Question. That's not me that said question, by the way. Oh, it's not? <laughs> Does anybody know who it is? Is it Casey? No. No, no. clue. It's from, uh, it's from The Office. Oh. That's Dwight Schrute. Oh. Who said question a lot. Mm. So we'll listen to it one more time. Question. Oh, okay. I hear, it. I hear it now. All right. Question number one. All right. So we're talking about receiving the word of God and bearing fruit. Um, right? Like when you're, when you're an active missionary like you've been, Paul, um, a lot of times when we bear any fruit at all, we feel like, oh, great. Let's just become fruit machines and we neglect the soil, the interior life, our own prayer life, that that fruit. Um, so any advice you have for us, like as we labor in the vineyard, as we hear the word of God and bear fruit to, uh, to keep this balance of being soil that nurt- we get nurtured, but we also produce. Yeah. Well, I think the first is, is most important is nurturing so that we can grow. It's nurturing our vocation, our marriage, you know, we were meeting with a couple this morning over Zoom and just, you know, they're struggling. It's like it's like the world was choking them out, you know, and um, then it was affecting their own personal lives. So the uh, just the ability, you know, for them to begin to weed out things that are that are, you know, not helping their marriage, like like working on your own personal growth, your own spiritual life, spiritual growth. So that then you can be that witness to the world, not a perfect witness. And and I think a lot of times Christians use that excuse. It's like, oh, I'm a sinner or I'm I'm imperfect. It's like, no, no, no. We're all imperfect, you know. But as long as we're moving forward and growing, then the natural fruit of that is that fruit will grow in us. People will want to, you know, pick the fruit from us, you know, um, you know, the, with the analogy, and, and then taste the fruit, the, the love of God, and it will grow, you know, so... So that's the hope. Awesome. Question number two. Uh, you've been talking about family saints and intercessor teams and things like that. I've uh, I've heard of I have some Catholic friends and um, have heard that they have like family saints that mm. they choose like when they get married or when they have their first kid or whatever. Do you guys have that? And if so, like how did you choose those? We just kind of talk and pray about it. You know, there's certain saints that I just it just resonate with me in my life and. Mm-hmm. You know, and then with Gretchen, and then what? Which ones do we kind of love in common together? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing we started doing is just praying for specific saints to be intercessors for our own children too, that we can always go to for intercession over them. So we kind of, you know, have have, you know, these saints that we share in common together, and and those have kind of been the ones that we lean on mm. as we pray or discerning or interceding. So. What I love about each couple is that it's unique to them and mm-hmm. their spiritual life and, and what resonates you know with them. So that's what's cool. Love it. All right, question number three. Uh, we talked about St. Benedict and his particular ability to fight the devil and things like that. Uh, so tell me, Paul George, in your experience working in the church, is the devil real? <laughs> and when have you encountered him the most in your, uh, in your ministry? I think what helped St. Benedict is that, that black cape he would wear. That's it is pretty cool. It's, it's kind cool. of like a superhero, you know, with a rope around and medals and a rosary. It's just like it's like a real bad guy. Yeah. So 
dress for success. <laughs> dress for the job you want. Dress, <laughs> dress for the the spiritual butt whooping that you're gonna put on Satan. Um, All right. I don't think it's hard to look out in the world and, and see evil. You know, to see hate. You know, and I mean that is the fruit of the devil. You know, as we speak of fruit. Um, I, I've seen. You know, I've seen everything from like an exorcism, you know, to just some deep spiritual bondage in folks. And so, yeah, I mean, I've kind of like you can't, you know, there's certain things that you can't unsee and then you just like, oh, wow. So just like and then seeing the power of God and the intercession of the saints in those moments is is pretty powerful, you know, and crazy. So and then I have a friend who's who's a lay worker in the church who accompanies the diocesan exorcist to every exorcism in the diocese because he's such a prayer warrior. And the stories that he tells me, you don't even want to know. Don't even want to know. Mm-mm. Oh, man. That's another show. Gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Not really. I mean, we have Jesus. Yeah, that's what he says. You got Jesus. Yeah, it's nice. So. Lucky us. Anyway, question number four. Um, speaking of St. Benedict as well, have you ever have you been to a Benedictine monastery or stayed and went on retreat with them or? I've never it's, stayed on retreat, but I've been to uh, two different ones. How was one, it? one in Kansas, is one in Louisiana, uh, at the seminary. Yes. So, um, just going to mass with them, seeing you know, I've I've been like when they prayed like um, you know morning prayer things like that. So good, so cool, you know, and and then to know that hey, they just didn't start this last week. <laughs> 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 you know, this is like you know, what, 5th century or 4th century or whatever. Yeah. Like There's crazy. no government on earth older than them. That's that's, that's wild. That's crazy. That's wild. Egypt, Are, are they the oldest older. religious order that's still active in the church that we know of? Or I, I don't was know Augustine, the answer When well, was Augustine? Augustine had followers, I guess. I don't know that he was a... I think Basil in the East predates, and there are some still Basil orders. Because, like, Basil's the Eastern Benedict. Mm. Right, and he was actually before. Okay, not much before, gotcha. but before. But like, yeah, they, he's like the OG religious. Oh, yes. yeah. So, wow, he's the man. All right, question number. What are we on? Five. Five. Wow, we're flying through these. Cinco. I love it. Yeah. All right, question number five. We finish. just celebrated the Fourth of July. And I don't know about y'all, but it felt like I was going to the birthday party of like an old relative. You don't know how many you have left. You know, like how many birthdays we're gonna have with this with this person. Um, it's easy to be discouraged about our country right now, Paul, but give us some hope, man. That's my question. <laughs> what do we have to be hopeful about uh, as Americans looking forward? You can wear a mask. <laughs> Nobody would know it's you. Um, I think this is when I, drew, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who just like think, think over, you know, just so lost in, in the, the news and depressed and the economy and, and he goes, what, it, what have you been doing? I, I, I just don't know what to focus on. I said, you know, here's what I've been doing. One, I've been less on the Internet a lot and social media because it's, it's overkill. And I said, two, here's the two things that I focus on that's helping me and helps me is these two words, love God and love others. Just try to do that every day. Focus on that. And don't focus on all the distractions. Just love God with your heart and love other people authentically and you'll be okay. And like once a week, he'll just text me and say, love God, love others. It's, it's like so simple, but it's, it's helping me see 
the beauty in, you know, my own life and in the life of other people. So sometimes it, it's just good to, to just drill it down to what's most important and simple. It's like, just love God today, love other people, and you're going to be okay, you know, mm. and spread that fruit, the fruit of God's love and the fruit of loving other people. So love that. Question number six, final question. What do you have to say to, or any advice to parents that are staring down a po- the possibility of a, you know, another fall semester of staying home with their kids or, you know, their kids going through a sort of homeschooling, virtual school? I'm not there yet. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> let's let's pray big time before, like, with the intercession of St. Benedict and, and the saints. But, you know, for God to move, like, honestly, like, we, we all need things to kind of get back a little bit. And uh, we need the economy, and we need some normality, and we need school, and we need sports. We need all those things. But here's the other thing. If it doesn't happen, we're not in control over a lot of things and we can't hyper focus on things we're not in control of because if we do that will just steal our peace and our joy and so the only thing we can do if things happen that we have no control over that are disappointing is to just go back to jesus and just say lord you're my hope you're my salvation you're my joy you're my peace and in the midst of all this you're going to figure out how to make it work for us and that's all i know like, you know, like, like that's all I know, you know? And so that's all we can do is turn back to God during this time and uh, hope that we'll have some breakthroughs, you know? So anyway, and pray for the intercession of poisoning, you know? To I mean, not get poisoned. To not get poisoned by your kids <laughs> if you have to stay home with them. Or by the world. <laughs> or by the world. Yeah. So anyway, great <laughs> show, man. This is this was fun. Um, so you can listen to the show on the podcast. Um, you can go to discovertheartofliving.com and share the show. You can support the show there on the donate button. Thanks to KLFT Radio uh, for all their help uh, producing the show, for Chad and, and Deacon Adam, and for everyone on Facebook. Thanks for listening in, and we'll be back next week. God bless you.